Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your cities upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Grace for This City podcast. I am your host, Justin, and we're honored to be able to do this together with you. And you know what? This is going all over the world. So I want you to join me right now in believing that it just gets to the right people. Listen, it's important that people hear. It's, it's not that it's just another thing. Listen, um, some people have received it in the flappers on the side of the head, but yet they have yet to hear it in their heart. That's where the transformation, the change takes place is when you actually hear it with the ears of your heart. So that's what we're in agreement for right there, friends, that they would hear and obey for there is no other way to be happy in Jesus yet to hear and obey. Hallelujah. That's how I say it, friends, because that's so true. We hear and obey, hear and obey. Remember what James said, don't be a what? A hearer only, but a doer. So that's where we're joining our faith. All right, let's pick up on this thought here. We're talking about the final leg. Now, last week I dealt with um, uh, no other gods. Part of the final leg is I'm telling you, you're, you're, it's getting down. It's getting down, friends. Hallelujah. It's getting down to where we are being stripped away of all of that carnality and flesh. We're not even going to be aware of it. That's that. That's That's where we're going. That's where we're going. We're not going to uh, look to the flesh for anything. And so we just kind of had a real sobering checkup to make sure there's no other gods, no other gods. You need to listen to that from last week, catch up with this if you've missed it. But let's go a little bit further here. So we're talking about the final leg. We're in the final leg series. And I want to talk about buffeting the flesh. This is one of the key elements you and I need to know because Jesus said, no flesh, this is in First Corinthians no flesh shall glory in his presence. Listen, I'm telling you, the more uh, flesh there is, uh, how do I say it? Um, let's just say it like this. You don't want to have come this far. You don't want to have developed yourself in the Lord to this degree and allow for the flesh to come in and cause uh, swift consequence to deal with that flesh. Uh, Ananias and Sapphira, for example, when you're in that level of saturated glory and you come in one day and you think it's okay to just tell a little lie against the Holy Spirit, well, the consequences are more severe. This is not trying to scare anybody. It's just the reality is the glory of the Lord is increasing as the light of knowledge and truth and revelation. We talked about that. It's on an increased scale here. Uh, You're going to be responsible for more. And I'm telling you one thing that he's saying is no flesh is going to have place. No flesh is going to have place. By the time this is all wrapped up, said and done, by the time we're raptured out of here, this physical body that we are connected with, this is the flesh element of us is going to be stripped away. Hallelujah. And we won't have to deal with that. But until then, you and I have to learn how to put it under. And there's only one thing to do with the flesh because um, you got to have this body. You can't get rid of this body. Okay. So don't be stupid and go around, you know, hurting this physical body. But Paul said that he disciplined it with hardship. He put it under. He made it obey. He made it his slave. And some people have yet to settle the issue on whether or not their body is going to be their slave or if they're still going to entertain carnal or fleshly appetites. And if you do that, 
then you are choosing your end, friend. If you choose to let the flesh remain as a counselor uh, at the table of decision, then ultimately you're going to choose to work yourself out of the plan of God for your life. Because the idea here is that the flesh is becoming your slave. It's not continuing to in, um, uh, give you counsel or wisdom. You're no longer drawing from it to find out if you should obey. Let me just tell you this. I mean, I've, I've ministered on this dozens of times, but your flesh, according to the first Corinthians, the natural part of you has no mind for the things of God. It's literally on the other side of that equation. It's on the natural side of things only. Spiritual things are foolish to it. And so like when God speaks to you, he doesn't speak to your flesh. Okay, he speaks to your spirit. Your spirit lights upon your soul, okay, your mind. And then your mind gives command to the physical body to act in accordance with the command of the Lord, etc. But if you ask your body, hey, what do you think about what the Lord told me? And your flesh is going to go, well, what did he say? See, because he doesn't have the ear, he doesn't have the receptive faculties to receive spiritual things, okay? Because the body, the natural ear is on the natural side of things. So if you say, well, what do you think about what the Lord says? Your body's going to go, your flesh is going to go, uh, what did he say? And so you're going to say, well, he wants us to give $20. And your flesh is going to go, no, 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 uh, we don't have $20 to give because I was going to spend that on myself. Okay. The flesh will never counsel you towards obedience of spiritual things. And so if, if you keep inviting the flesh to weigh in on decisions that are being made and you act on what the flesh suggests, you're going to be led astray, friends. All right, so that's where we're going to go today. We're going to find out a little bit about that. All right, now let's look at um, uh, do, 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 do. let's look at First Corinthians chapter thirteen, verse eleven. All right, it says this: When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. Now that I have become a man, I am done with childish ways and have put them aside. That was the Amplified Classic. We got to understand that if we're going to cross over into our appointment with God, with spiritual things, with spiritual maturity. Some say, oh man, I'd love to be a spiritual giant. Well, then you have to choose. You have to choose it. And then you have to choose the process by which uh, is subsequent to you getting over into those spiritual places, those high places in him. And step one is you put away childish things. You don't act like a child, reason like a child. Now, you, Jesus said such is the kingdom in the sense of childlike faith, like you believe easy. Okay, that's not what he's talking about. But he's talking about like childish things like attitudes, actions, behaviors, grudges, come on, unforgiveness. These are all immature things. And uh, you have to choose to put those aside and go on with the training process to get you developed as a spiritually mature kingdom citizen and representative. Hallelujah. Now, some, though, will refuse to accept their appointment with spiritual maturity because they want to hang out in the immature things. But, well, you are just... Literally, you're choosing not to finish your race well. You're choosing to be sideswiped by the flesh. The flesh will get you and disqualify you. Remember, that's what Paul said. He said, if I don't get this thing under control, if I don't get it disciplined, if I don't dominate it spiritually, let the spirit man rule over the flesh. He said, that flesh thing is, is going to be the thing that's going to disqualify me. Some will refuse to cross over into that available dimension of in him. Remember, in him we live and move and have our being. Some will refuse to do that because they'll refuse to do what's required to step over out of immature things and into spiritually mature things. You know, it's not super hard, okay? Like, um, is it Hebrews 5? It's in Hebrews 5. Remember, it says that they have their senses exercised, okay? They're, 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 they're coming into a mature outworking 
And it says this by reason of use, by reason of use, they have their spiritual senses exercised by reason of use. They've come up into spiritual mature things. Uh, people that aren't spiritually mature, are just spiritually lazy. That's just all there is to it. Uh, is, is there a kinder word, a kinder phraseology? There may, there may be, excuse me, if that was a little too difficult, but by reason of use, they have their spiritual senses exercised and they're brought up into spiritual maturity because of that. Now you're going to have to choose to start being spiritually active. You have to act on what you know to be true. Remember James said, don't be a hearer only, but a what? A doer lest you deceive yourself. Some people have jumped through mental hoops. They know a lot. And so they think they're spiritually mature. But if you don't have the doing to coincide with your knowing, you are not spiritually mature. You're, you have not exercised these things. You have not uh, 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 developed these by reason of use. That's the only way you get into it. And so that's not difficult in that sense. But you have to be willing to actually do what you know to be true. You have to be willing to go and obey the Lord Jesus. When he says do something, you get up and you go do it. When he says say something, you don't come up with a thousand reasons why you're not going to do it. That is, uh, excuses are Im immaturity. Uh, quick obedience is spiritual maturity. Hallelujah. Now, uh, notice Jeremiah 12, 5. He says, if you have run with the footmen, men on foot or mere men, we, we could say, and they have wore you out, then how can you contend with the horses? And if in the land of peace in which you trusted, they wearied you, how then will you do in the floodplain of the Jordan? Now, again, what we're saying is the days that you and I live, the, the requirements are greater. This isn't just a foot race anymore, friends. We are living in a spiritually dominated, saturated environment now. Look at what's going on. It's getting obvious. It's getting obvious. Things that used to lurk around in the shadows because of the gross darkness that's covering the earth, you're, you're starting to see their movements and activities, um, what we might say in plain sight, what used to be kind of hidden because the light in certain areas dominated certain landscapes. But now gross darkness is covering the hearts of the world, the hearts, um, uh, let's, the God of this world, the, um, the religious um, fallen reality of just carnal uh, man, lawlessness, you're starting to see move around in plain sight. What used to seem years ago was more hidden. It's not as hidden anymore. It's the reality of the landscape of the hearts of men. And it's exposing these things. You're, you're, you're seeing it clearly. Hallelujah. It's a spiritually saturated, dominated world in which we live. Always has been, but you didn't necessarily see some of the darkness behind the scenes. It was in the dark. Some of that stuff was hidden. It's not as hidden anymore. It just seems like it's, it's open. It's out there even in our own nation. I mean, the spiritual heritage that we have as a nation, you can look and, and, and see right now, like on the, uh, even from the highest offices of the land, you can see the kind of filth and perversion that's being promoted on, on, on as if it was normal, is what I'm trying to say. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord, for helping us. Listen, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. And this isn't just about mere men. This is about principalities and powers and these forces behind the scenes uh, that are becoming uh, evident, obvious. Hallelujah. Now look at this in Matthew 26, uh, 41. We're talking about putting the flesh under. This is one of the keys, requirements, actually, uh, to run your race 
your spiritual race, to become spiritually fit, mature, and to finish your race and finish it strong. He says, all of you must keep awake. Give strict attention. This is the Amplified. Be cautious and active. Watch and pray that you may not come into temptation. Hallelujah. Listen, all of us, I don't care who who you are, you have areas of your life that you need to give strict attention to. You do, I do, everyone does. And it may be, may be different for various folks, but here's why. Because he says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is indeed weak. And if you're uh, in the habit of always consulting the flesh, hey, what do you think about this? How do you feel about this? Uh, do you want to do this? Listen, your flesh is never going to want to obey God. It's not going to want to stay up late. It's not going to want to get up early. It's not going to want to give. It's not going to want to go. It's not going to want to pray. It's not going to want to pray in tongues. It's it's not going to want to serve. It's not going to want to be kind. It's not going to want to walk in love. It's not going to want to forgive because it's all selfishly oriented, the flesh. It has no mind for spiritual things. The flesh is not spiritually awakened. It's literally tethered to the natural realm, natural world. It's susceptible to the wisdom of this age. James 3 talks about that. Devilish, seductive, it's sensual, sense, sensual, not necessarily sexual, although it definitely includes that but it's sense based the 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 senses it's tethered to this realm it's very acutely aware of what's going on in its surroundings it's feeling sense based okay it's never going to want to obey spiritual unction because it doesn't have a mind it's it doesn't have faculties that understand that it can't even progressively acknowledges what the amplified bible says the spiritual things so if, if you're in the habit of always counseling of the flesh, friends, no wonder you're not where you want to be. No wonder I'm not where I want to be. Every time that I've counseled of the flesh, it sets us back. It doesn't push us forward or promote us forward. It sets us back. It hinders us, slows us down. Remember, he talks about laying aside weights and sins. Um, some things that we need to lay aside aren't necessarily sins, you know, overt sins, gross sins. But they're weights. They're just fleshy, carnal, selfish things that weigh us down. They are preferences of the flesh that slow us down, weigh us down, uh, cause us to be um, not as uh, agile, not as mobile, uh, not as flexible. And he says, you're going to have to evaluate these things if you're going to finish strong. You've got to put the flesh under he said, everything in your spirit, everything you're picking up from the Lord, the prophetic words, the unction, the dreams, the visions, things that he's spoken to you in, in uh, quiet times of prayer, things that have been revealed to you through the reading of the scriptures, those are all real and true. And on a spiritual plane, you're desiring to do them. But what I'm talking about is if you inquire of the flesh, you're getting wrong counsel every time. I'm not saying you're a bad person. In the spirit, you understand what you need to be doing. I'm saying if you counsel of the flesh, then you're getting bad counsel. You're getting poor counsel. And he says, you, you need to give attention to this. Uh, you, you, you've got to be cautious. You need to be active. You need to watch. You need to pray. You need to be aware of temptation that surrounds the flesh because that's, that's the weak part of you. Your, your spirit's willing. The flesh is weak. And these temptations in the natural, well, it, it costs too much. Or uh, you're not gonna you're gonna lose sleep over that, or it's gonna be difficult because there are difficult people there, or you're gonna face persecution. Somebody's gonna spit on you. Somebody may speak out against you. Somebody may misuse you. Some somebody uh, may hold a grudge against you. And these are all things you feel. You you definitely feel them. I've been through some crazy stuff. You definitely 
acknowledge the reality of the weight, even the pain sometimes associated with these things. But he says, if you regard that, if you counsel of that, if you direct your steps uh, based on that, then you're going to miss the spiritual things, friends. You're going to miss the spiritual things. You won't finish strong. Look at what he said here. First Corinthians chapter nine. If you got a Bible, turn there. And let me read this statement before we jump into that verse. You turn to first Corinthians chapter nine, verse 24. But listen, in, in this leg, which is the final leg, uh, which I've been calling the finishing posture. We're in the finishing pace. There's a pace associated with this. It's the fastest pace. Uh, pace. Uh, there's reason for that. I'm not going to go into that today in this podcast, but it's the fastest part of the race. But our posture, our posturing is that of the finish. And we will, what's required is to intimately know about, to become well acquainted with, and to become proficient at the buffeting of the flesh. This is one of the keys to finishing strong. We're going to have to become proficient at buffeting the flesh. First Corinthians 9, 24, he says this, Do you not know that in a race all the runners compete, but only one receives the prize? So he says, run your race, that you may lay hold of the prize and make it yours. Verse 27, he says, I discipline my body. Now, this is the flesh elements. You are a spirit. You are not a body. The Bible calls in several places the body a tent. It's referred to as a tent. It's just your spiritual dwelling. Excuse me. It's the dwelling place uh, necessary to occupy the natural realm. Okay? You need to take care of that body, but I'm saying you are not the body. You are a spirit. You have a soul, mind, will, and emotions, and you live in a body. All right? So Paul's saying that this part of me, I'm a three-part being, this part of me has to be disciplined. And I've got to bring it into subjection. The Amplified adds this thought, I handle it roughly. Now, he's not talking about literally abusing your physical body to the point where it's broke down. You don't break your bones. You don't cut your skin open. You don't bleed yourself out. That's stupid. What he's talking about, though, is the, is the, uh, the paradigm, the uh, concept of the flesh, the... Uh, lack of disciplines that the flesh revels in, wallows in, the selfishness, the worldview, the uh, the kind of the philosophy that the flesh has. It's self-preserving. It doesn't want to share. It doesn't want to obey. It, it doesn't want to do anything uncomfortable. It wants to, whatever makes it feel good, whatever makes it feel confident, comfortable, etc., he said, this, these are the elements. He said, I, I, I don't uh, dance around these things. He said, I don't walk on glass when it comes, comes to these things. He says, I handle these things directly, and I handle them uh, roughly. He says, I discipline it by subjecting it to hardships. The Amplified has this thought, I subdue it. I just don't let it run a uh, run run around. I don't let it rule. It's not the boss. The flesh isn't the boss. Listen, if the flesh is your boss, then you are not where you need to be spiritually. And this isn't just about you. It's about anybody. And so we're using Paul here. Paul uses himself as an example. He said, if I'm going to run this race to get the prize, 
then there's something that I have to do because my spirit is the one that knows where the uh, finish line is. My body is the one that's going to disqualify me if I let it rule. So he said, I discipline it, handle it roughly, subdue it, subject it to hardships. Verse 27, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Look at 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says this, for no temptation, no trial regarded as enticing to sin. Uh, the Amplified says, no matter how it comes or where it leads, has overtaken you and lay hold, uh, laid hold on you that is not common to man. That is, no temptation or trial has come to you that is beyond human resistance and that it's not adjusted and adapted and belonging to human experience as such as a man can bear. But God is faithful to his word and to his compassionate nature, and he can be trusted not to let you be tempted and tried beyond your ability and strength of resistance and power to endure. But with the temptation, he will always provide the way out or the means of escape that you may be capable, strong, and powerful to bear up under it patiently. Now, that was the amplified, but let me give you the condensed version. Listen, there is no temptation that is not common to everybody. Don't be played the fool, friend. No temptation is special to you and I because we're special. <laughs> Someone says, well, you just don't know what I'm facing. No, uh, uh, I do on some level because there is no uncommon temptation, meaning everybody has battled what you've battled at some point. They may have quickly overcome it. It may have not have been to a degree of weakness as it is in your life, but everybody has faced it and everybody had the same way of escape that you and that you have and that I have. So it doesn't matter what you're, uh, what's trying to tempt you, what element of the flesh is trying to seduce you, draw you out of your spiritually dominant lifestyle and lure you into a low level of living. He's saying, don't sit there and think you're so special. No, you need to recognize for what it is. You're absolutely normal. And this has happened to millions of people. And the vast majority of them, come on, somebody, acknowledge the way of escape. Now, some, even though the way of escape is there, because the Bible says so. Listen, I don't care what you're facing right now. There's a way of escape or the Bible is, is lying or God is lying and he's not a liar. So no matter what you're facing right now, there's a way of escape. If you're willing to put the flesh under and subject it to hardship, you know, some people are struggling with, with things that they need to literally afflict themselves with the season of fasting. <laughs> That's what you know, the first reference to fasting in the old Testament uses the word affliction because that's what it is. You're telling your body you're not going to get this. Yeah, you want it, whatever it is, but you're not going to get it, and you're not going to die without it. And this is why many times they'll they'll do like a water fast, say, and that's probably the most hardcore would be like a water fast because your body gets used to craving things, certain kinds of foods, whatever you know. Maybe it's maybe it's activities, maybe it's social media. You know, these days there's other addictions. You know. Got to have your phone in your hand. Got to have social media, um, you know, whatever the situation is. But I'm saying when you subject your body to a hardship, like through fasting, say, 
uh, and I always encourage a fasted lifestyle. Like you limit yourself all the time, not just once every five years to do a 21 day fast. Like, no, you are restricting the flesh from developing patterns and habits and appetites that just feed and feed and feed and feed and feed uh, a fleshy carnal life at the diminishment of a spiritual one. But sometimes you, you just need to straight up say, you are not getting it. And so I'm going to pull away and your flesh is going to be freaking out. It's going to be crying, screaming, begging, demanding, throwing a fit maybe. You ever seen anybody uh, go through withdrawals from substance abuse? Uh, some people are abusing a lot of things, not just drugs. They abuse food. They abuse sexual things. They abuse all, all kinds. Of, I mean, you can abuse yourself in a myriad of ways. But when you forcefully say, no, you're done with that. You're coming out of that. Your body will maybe throw a fit. And that's okay. You're detoxing. You are, you are saying you are, you are not going to continue to develop that appetite. And it can be a painful one. But if you're struggling with something, for most people, for most people, that's one way to just curb it, is to recognize your way out, is to just limit your access to it. Just say, nope, you're done. Hallelujah. You can get some accountability, whatever you need to do. Uh, you can shut stuff off, cut stuff off. You know, uh, you can throw something away. Hallelujah. You can get it away from you where your flesh doesn't have easy access to it. And again, you may go through a season where you're throwing a fit because you're, de you're detoxing of sorts. You're changing your, the, the craving. You're limiting access to that craving. But I'm telling you, friends, if you'll stay with it, soon you won't even desire it anymore. Hallelujah. You won't, if you'll stop feeding that fleshly appetite, one of these days you won't even desire it anymore. And I know you're, you're going through mental gymnastics and I can't live without it. I can't live without it. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And you will. If you're going to finish strong, then you will. There's a way of escape and you're going to take the escape route and you're not going to stay in these things that are messing you up. Hallelujah. But he's saying, don't be played the fool. See, some, sometimes this is how things of the flesh, they'll play you for a fool. They'll say, well, you're so special. No one's struggling with this. You know, the reason why you're struggling with this is because you're special. And you've got such a high calling, such a big calling. Um, you're doing so much for God and the devil just doesn't like you. So he's putting up a fit, but oh, bless you. There's nobody like you. Nobody's facing the temptation you're facing. You're so special. Listen, friends, that's a lie. You are actually not special in that sense. Uh, you are just totally 100% normal. And everybody who has a body, who has flesh, has at one point in time in their life been tempted to detour, nosedive, mess everything up by indulging in the lusts of the flesh. Lust of the flesh isn't necessarily sexual. It definitely does include that on some level, but lust of the flesh is just indulging in the things of the natural too much of the natural living, too much natural living. Look at what he said here. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to um, Romans. He says, uh, let's see here. I mean, the whole book of Romans, right? Romans 7, Romans 8, phenomenal, phenomenal. Look at what he says. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. So now here's your way out because now you've got a, a force, 
of righteousness on the inside that can dominate the flesh. You're not a slave to the flesh, not if you're born again. Now you can acquiesce, but I'm saying you've got something on the inside now that's strong enough by the power of the Holy Ghost to overcome the bondages of the flesh. But he says this, um, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Uh, let's see here. And then he talks about, oh yeah, right here. Let's back up. Verse five, Romans eight, five. For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. That's one way, that's, that's one escape route from temptation is to stop thinking about it. Uh, if you find yourself constantly going there in your mind, eventually you may go there physically. Okay, whatever that is. You know, if you're constantly thinking about ice cream, every time you go by any store, I mean, well, there's 5,000 convenience stores in, in this town. And if every time you pass by a Dollar General or something, you're like, oh, they got ice cream. They got ice cream. They got ice cream. I need an ice cream. I got to have an ice cream. Or I got to have a soda pop. I need a sugar injection. Come on, somebody. I need a sugar hit. I need a sugar hit. If, if, if you are allowing your mind to be tempted and you're using your imagination to substantiate that temptation, friends, it's just going to be a moment of time and you're going to be whipping over into Sonic and ordering five slushies off the menu. So he says here, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. Now, if the Lord has told you, okay, nothing wrong, ultimately nothing wrong with ice cream, I suppose. But I'm saying if, if the Lord has limited you in an area, and I'm just picking that, I mean, it could be anything, okay? Uh, you know, He is not going to allow you to indulge, glutton. He's not going to allow you to come under the spirit of gluttony okay? in, in, in any area. I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. It doesn't matter what it is. He's, he's going to caution you. He's going to warn you. He's going to arrest you. He's going to prompt you. You're going to have an unction that you need to have some balance in this area, whatever it may be, whatever it may be. Could be food, could be something else. Okay. I'm just picking something just for sake of conversation here. But if he's cautioned you about your ice cream intake, uh, but, but you haven't owned it, you haven't made it a part of your confession now you say thank thank you father i acknowledge that thank thank you lord i hear and and obey oh i thank you father that you love me so oh i thank you father that you're helping me i thank you that you're cautioning me i thank you that you're protecting me i i thank you that you're leading me away from destruction if you haven't owned it in fact if you go the other route and you reject it and you're saying, oh, it's not a big deal. Well, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just talking about if the Lord has cautioned you. I'm not talking about because I said anything. I'm not talking about because anybody has said anything. Okay. Nobody's trying to put off on you their personal convictions. What I'm saying, if the Lord, like legitimately, the Lord, and only you know, and you can't lie against the truth now, whatever, whatever it is, I don't care what it is. It may have nothing to do with ice cream. It may not have anything to do with food. Maybe it's some other indulgence. Maybe it's some other appetite of the flesh that he's, he's checked you on. He's cautioned you about that. He's brought it up. Uh, not just once. He's brought it up again and again. But, but if you don't own it and, and you say, I acknowledge that, and, but rather you disregard it and instead you start thinking about and moaning about and complaining and murmuring and grumbling well, no, he just doesn't. 
He just doesn't want me to have any fun. Everyone else is eating ice cream, but he won't let me eat ice cream. And then if you start entertaining any kind of thought that God's being bad or mean or abusive or withholding or causing you to stumble because of lack, well, he just doesn't want me to have it. Listen, friends, man, you're already, you've done messed up, all right? Because now you've called him a liar. Now you've questioned his heart. Now you've questioned his uh, fatherly leadership in your life, but you're going to start thinking on these things. If you if you give yourself permission to think about the thing God told you not to think about, it's not going to be long. You're going to find your, 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 your face nosedive in a gallon jug of ice cream. Hallelujah. You're going to be sitting there with wrappers and chocolate all over the place. You know, you know, you know, that's, that's no way to live. You've got to subdue the flesh because if you counsel of the flesh is going to counsel you against the Lord. Now I'm out of time. So I'm going to bring this to a close here. I think you are hearing what the Lord's saying again, has, it may have nothing to do with ice cream, but any appetite of of the flesh, the Lord is going to bring you some wisdom and caution where it doesn't run away with you. See, that's the thing. Temptations are common, meaning they're numerous um, and they're of common variety. Uh, you're going to be tempted on a lot of levels with a lot of things. But when you develop being spiritually dominant and not flesh-led, then you're going to find that overcoming these temptations get uh, easier and easier and easier because you're not so led astray by fleshly appetite. You develop a spiritual appetite that is so strong that you only crave the things that God brings to you, reveals to you, ministers to you, things that are coming up out of your spirit. Now, I don't want to limit this to just food, but I'm talking about there are lifestyles, there are decisions, there are activities, there are places, locations, things that you get an appetite for spiritual things, spiritual life, that you don't, uh, you don't patron these things. You don't show up in these places. You're not around these certain things. You're, it's, it's not in your thinking. It's not in your talk. It's not in your lifestyle. You can't see it on your person. Nobody could associate, with you th- uh, associate you with these things because you don't have that kind of appetite. So again, these these temptations, it says they're common, meaning they're numerous, okay? And they're of the common variety, same devil, same tricks. But see, the fool ignores the wisdom that was learned where others failed. Not you, friend. Don't fall into the same trap as the guy in front of you. Recognize that there's pitfalls set up. If you want to stand, I heard this once, if you want to stand where others have fallen, you must, you must be more humble than, than them where they fell. Let me say that one more time. If you want to stand where others have fallen, you must be more humble than them where they fell. Hallelujah, friends. Don't be played the fool and wind up in the same trap set by the same devil who's thousands of years old, who sets the same trap. Listen, all the traps are aimed at the flesh. He knows he can't get you in the spirit, so he's got to get you in the flesh. But if you give yourself permission to entertain these things, play around with them, you don't honor boundaries, you don't regard parameters, healthy parameters, then you're just going to be like the last guy that fell that got duped for the same old tricks, friends. Not you. Come on, say it. Not me. Not me. I'm not going to be duped. I'm going to be spiritually strong, and I'm going to limit my natural appetites hallelujah friends 
We're going to become proficient at buffeting the flesh. Hey, listen, if we can help you by praying for you, if you want somebody to stand with you with your prayer request, you can send us an email at hello at gracecitychurch.tv. That's hello at gracecitychurch.tv. Or you can call us 870-741-9099. One of our prayer people will follow up with you. We're so honored and grateful that you joined us today. This has been the Grace for This City podcast. Listen, friends, buffet that flesh. Hallelujah. You and I are both working on it. We, we may be working on different things, but you and I are becoming proficient at putting that flesh under. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you for joining me. And until next time, friends, be blessed. <laughs>